This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where you can get lots of information if you subscribe to their news feed, which you'll find at zupans.com. If you do that, you will have access to some great sale items every week, sometimes free things as well. I check that news feed every time I go into the store. You should too. And you know, Chris, last week was all about chicken. This week, it's all about beef. Right now, save 25% off all Wagyu beef at Zupan's Markets, uh, which is pretty great. It's happening October 4th through the 6th, this weekend only. So in case you're listening to this after the fact, you you know why it's not on sale. But again, 25% off all Wagyu beef. While you're there, be sure to check out the Poke Bar. One of my favorite things to do is when I'm there doing my shop, I stop by either the Great uh, Salad Bar the great soups, or the poke bar where you can enjoy the tastes of Hawaii and mix and match your very own poke bowl right inside your local Zupans. So that's Zupans Markets over on Burnside, McAdam, Lake Oswego, and also Weircourt. Zupans.com. Time once again for Portland's Food Scene Podcast, right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. And right over there mm-hmm. is Court Johnson. Technically to your left, Chris. Well, no, because I was I turned going a little to, to your... my right. Okay, all right. And I was just going to knock over the water as I said right sure. over there to make you really happy and knock it all over your board. I guess at it's the end of the day, once. life is a circle. So whichever <laughs> direction you're going. That's true. And this in this it. studio, you'll get to court. Sure, at eventually. Some point, yep. one, one way or the other. The guy hiding in the corner. Right. So, um, uh, oh, we have a podcast to do. Yeah, we do. Just not flail around no. here. No, and a, a great great podcast because it's a, re- a return of, of one of our, it must have been in the second year that we had uh, Jeff Latham. Yes. On the from, podcast. From Nikki. Yeah. Nikki, Nikki USA. USA. Does he prefer Nikki or Nikki USA? There's Nikki Farms. There's a the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but Jeff and his wife, Melody, and their incredible team, including Mark Cockroft and Bree Rustan and a bunch of people over there. I wish I didn't start doing that because then I'm leaving people They're off. Leaving people out. And, uh, but at any rate, I've, you put a little asterisk by it. Look, look, look. We left some of you out. We're listen, sorry. Everybody. Who has anything to do with food in Portland knows yes. of Nikki and knows Jeff and his team. Yep. So they know all those folks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Nikki is the largest, I believe, they provide most of the meat to most of the cool restaurants sure. in Portland yep. and Seattle, yep. too, which Jeff will talk about. Um, and we had him on, what episode was it? Uh, episode 32, which we've actually released at least once, maybe twice as a classic episode. Right. Probably once before, before yeah. Wild About Game, which yep. is, of course, happening this weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're do we want to have Jeff on again to update because yep. a lot of new things have happened with his business, his farm. Um, he has a, he has a really cool, uh, sale outside of his warehouse. Right. Once in a while that he'll talk about in the podcast, which is a great way to get excellent product uh, at a good price. And of course, Wild About Game, yep. which is the annual affair uh, up in uh, towards Mount Hood. Yeah. Um, They've changed locations, have right, they not? Right. Yeah. And he'll talk about that in the podcast. And actually, it's sold out. Mm-hmm. So they only sell 650 tickets. And those are all gone. Yeah. And uh, so what I'm going to suggest is 
Mark on your first of all, follow Nikki USA mm-hmm. on on their website. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook, and then mark it on your calendar for about next late July or August, so you can get tickets right, for when they, when those go on sale. Mm-hmm. Because it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool Portland, Oregon event where a lot of things are served. It's one day. Uh, there's a chef competition: Seattle chefs versus Portland chefs. And uh, it's a big party, and it's pretty cool to go up there. One of my favorite things about it is taking the long route, going mm-hmm. you know directly out uh, through Rhododendron and getting the Mount right. Hood, and then Highway Twenty Six, right, and then take to Thirty Five up to Hood River right. from home that oh, way. That it's is a long circle. way. Yeah, Ooh. but it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it's, so it's you a, can't beat that. And it's at a good time of year yeah. to do it. So that's our promotion for an event that if you don't have tickets for already, you can't go to, but. You can be aware of it for future, mm-hmm. for futures. We recorded this, I think, when they still did have a few tickets. Left. Yes, yeah, but just just barely a few, I think. Right, barely a few. So those are all gone. But Jeff is uh, a really uh, nice guy. He's a big, or he's the biggest Oregon State fan there might be. He mm-hmm. travels all over the country. To There's go a few to in my neighborhood games. that might give him a run for, my, for yeah, his money. Yeah, everybody there knows might, that guy, or right. that, that lady. Well, that's true, but but I don't know a lot of people who travel all over the country to right. go to the football that's games. That's true. So they might be big boosters and they might fly the flag, but uh, Jeff and Melody are doing both. So mm-hmm. um, it was nice to have Jeff on the podcast. It's easy to have a conversation with him. I probably had 10 of them this weekend at Feast with Jeff. So um, this is but one of them for everyone to listen to. Jeff Latham of Nikki USA. Hey, Chris, we should also uh, quickly mention here, you've got some PFA events coming up that of, uh, people need course, to check out. because it's a public service announcement yep. to know about these. We are doing a Wildwood reunion of Ooh, sorts at nice. Stone Soup, which is where Scott Dolich is now, and right. it was his idea. Let's bring a few folks from Wildwood in. And so... Uh, Corey Schreiber. Right. We have another episode with him. Yeah. Who, he was the wild, you know, he owned Wildwood for years. Mm-hmm. Um, is coming in and Kena Flug, another episode with hi, with her. One of the doing, one of the original ones. Right. Yeah. In the front of the house, uh, who was the last owner of Wildwood. Yeah. Um, and also uh, Ryan Sankey. I think I pronounced his name wrong on the podcast, actually. Yeah. I always thought it was there was another S in there. Right. Um, who owns Aria Gin now, who ran the bar right. at Wildwood, too. So that's at Stone Soup, October 25th. It's a really cool uh, night, and we have lots of room there. Um, PortlandFoodAdventures.com. And click come, on the dinners tab. Right. Come see us. Thank you for knowing that. Yep. Appreciate it. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. 
Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. By Portland Food Adventures. Tempt yourself with an incredible Italian food vacation with Astri Enzyme and a wonderful October journey to Bologna and Emilia-Romagna. It's all at portlandfoodadventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more information and special savings on these PFA food journeys. And by Gen Air Quality Appliances at Standard TV and Appliance. Standard TV and Appliance is your source for the best of Gen Air and associated brands, where you can check out the latest technology in appliances like Gen Air's remote access ranges with a host of other cool features for your upgrade or remodel. Gen Air and Standard, both staples in Oregon and Washington kitchens since 1947. So I'm surprised because most owner-operators of businesses like yours have to be sort of handy in order to be a little more profitable, right? (laughs) So you don't have to hire someone every time something goes wrong. A lot of restaurant operators, that's how they can do well. I mean, I can pound a hammer, and I can take screws out, and I can put screws in. Okay, that's about what I can do. I used to know how to weld, uh, but when it comes to remodeling and stuff, or mechanics on my vehicles. I'll leave that up to somebody else on the team. Yeah, well, you know, mechanics on vehicles used to be a little different story. <laughs> now it's software. Mm-hmm. Much of it. Much of the you know current cars, they're not breaking down mechanically. <laughs> so what are you driving yeah. now? What do you drive now? What's the, what's the Nikki mobile? Same thing as it's been for 12 years. Uh, Chevy Silverado pickup truck. Um, but since Chevy sold us out in downtown Portland, they may not be getting my business the next time around. What do you mean they sold you out? There's no dealership in Portland. Oh. You got to go to Gresham, Wilsonville, or Beaverton. For a Chevy. For a Chevy. For a basic, wow. Yeah. That's I got to drive 20 minutes, you know, to a dealership, and I'm like, yeah, uh, I don't know if I want to do that down the road. Yeah, I can understand that. That's interesting. I do love my Chevy. Uh, have you always been a Chevy driver? I don't know why we're talking about cars, but I just think, you know, I think, <laughs> well, you're, you know, you, you do a lot of driving out to, um, the farm and back. You're all over the place. Your car is important to you. And black pickup truck is important to me. The black. Yeah. Is that the one that got broken into? Yep. Oh, okay. Nice segue. I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> oh, and, and sorry, we have to have a segue. Hold on. I thought I turned all the volume off here. And this guy keeps texting me, so hold on a second. It might be like my my wife has the special setting that even though I turn everything off, she's she, got it figured she out. She comes through no matter what, so I'll yeah. be either on the air or <laughs> and suddenly my wife's ringing in. So yeah, I thought I had this all off. So hold on a second. Sound mode mute. There we go. So I was yeah I was sad to see. What you're putting up with as a business owner and a human in Portland, your car got broken into, your truck got broken into, laptop was stolen? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, as a few people have pointed out, you just can't leave anything in your vehicles anymore. And I had it hidden. I thought it was hidden well enough, but this guy was a pro. And uh, Do you think he would have just broken in no matter what? I mean, do you think he had to know there was something in there? Or are they just going in and willy-nilly? I think he saw a strap. I just can't believe he would break into a vehicle that has an alarm system that goes off. And there were people all around. Nobody said a thing. It was just kind of, uh, 
you know, it's sad because, you know, in our neighborhood, um, the last three years is just more and more and more glass. Um, every, sadly, quite a few employees have been broken into and you think I would have learned. I just thought I had it hidden good enough. And, right. um, you know, two weeks after the nicest computer I ever bought and got into yeah. my briefcase, um, from now on, I'm going to be satchel guy. That, yeah. I'm taking my computer in, everywhere, everywhere yeah. I go. When I go into a restaurant, if it's with me, until I get another locking box in the back mm-hmm. so that I have two locks to get it out or something to, you But know. It, it's a sad state of affairs in Portland because I, I'm here some of the time, but I see on Facebook, it's at least once a week someone's car or business is getting broken into. And uh, there's nothing's being done. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. So uh, it's frustrating for you as a business owner because... It's kind of, you can't even trust the area where you're, you just signed a lease for another 15 years. Well, you know, in every place you live, there's some inherent risk. I've known that, you know, whether it's the current, you know, crime or the past heroin dens or whatever, you know, we're, the neighborhood is cleaning up, but there is just not, there's no punishment for somebody to break into cars anymore. When you call the police and they say, well, it'll be at least two hours before they come and, um, or you can go to our website portal and we'll get back to you within a week. They're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, they, where, where do we want to spend those resources? And right now it's not being, you know, we just aren't putting enough towards it. And, you know, it's enhanced by, you know, a few years back when we decided it wasn't, you know, illegal to sleep on the streets anymore. Right. That's where the problem, you know, you know cutting it off at the break-in is not where you're going to solve the problem. you got to get people off the streets, and you got to get them, you know, so that your laptop isn't their, isn't their income. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, when you know when the, when the herd goes by with about 20 stolen bikes, and they just move it from one corner to the next, and isn't really, I've even seen police officers talking to guys that you know have a pile of freaking stolen bikes, wow. but there's nothing they're going to be able to do about it. They don't have to worry about it anymore. I, I still have hope that someday we're going to change this and make sure that, you know, it's it is still, it's illegal again to throw up a tent in front of my office. Okay. It, it, there's most of our lives that that was the case. We right. didn't let people just camp on every exit. Okay. I want to help people. I've, you know me for years. Yeah. I've, we do a lot to help people in need, um, but we've got to get these people off the street. And we right. got to say it's illegal. And it's not up to, it's <clears throat> nice of you to do, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of benevolence out there, but it's not, not up to you as a business owner to solve the problem. You know, you can all band together and do something about it, but the problem is a, gov- is a government problem um, because it's, not, it's, it's a law enforcement problem, too. It's got to be solved. I, I just wanted to talk about it because it struck me when... I saw that last week, and, I, and it was sad, and you were really pissed off, and you could still see it in your eyes. You're pissed <laughs> off at it. I went to DEF CON 5 after that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and the crazy thing is the guy who stole it ended up going through my bag at Laurelwood uh, Pub uh, Brewery on Sandy and leaving my notebooks, not the ex- expensive notebook, but the notebook that had all the notes for my, you know, uh, nonprofit that I'm involved with mm-hmm. and my own business notes. So I got that back at least. And there was some very important stuff. Oh, so they found some of it. Yeah. They just decided to leave it on the table because they don't have to worry about right. anybody Anything. tracking them to theft. That's, yeah. you know, it's 
not a punishable crime anymore. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> so on the positive side, you got some great things going on with your business with Nikki, and um, you also have Wild About Game coming up, which I'm really sorry that you're not moving it just for me because <laughs> the last few years I've always been around. Uh, I leave town right after feast uh, for a little bit. There's something I probably shouldn't be doing is announcing that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, uh, no, lots of good stuff going on. I'm glad we're getting to the good stuff because, you know, yes, it gets you down. Some of the things that happen, but there's so many great people in this town doing great things. I like to focus on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, you're a positive person. That's why the idea of you coming on the podcast is always easy. You got a lot of positive things to talk about, and and people love you. You know, generally speaking, your people. I don't know. I have never heard through the grapevine anything negative about Jeff. Everybody, everybody loves you and your business, and everybody who works for you. So it's it's always a positive thing, and you know, I'll, besides actually providing a product and uh, to people, you. It's a lot of service. So, by gosh, people need to like you. <laughs> well, I've always been a positive person. Um, I really enjoy interacting with the people that we get to interact with in our industry and in our business. Not just our clients, but the other guys that and gals that I'm rooting for that had an idea and uh, took it to another level and share some of the same challenges and uh, triumphs that we have gone through. So, um, you know, Portland does have a really, really enjoyable food community and, um, we're all going to keep pushing the envelope and, uh, uh, cheering for each other and, and, uh, you know, and I think people see that and, uh, well, when yeah. I generally when I see you, it's in a posit- It's in a really nice environment. We're somewhere, and there's a there are drinks being passed. It's usually an event, a food event. So, <laughs> um, uh, it's one of the nice perks in Portland about being in this food community because it is a community. So you have the opportunity to run into people, and you know, better than digging ditches, you can pass wonderful food and and. When I'll see you at Feast, you'll be serving some incredible, tasty, new, adventuresome food that mm-hmm. people can try, generally speaking. So, um, yeah, that's a nice perk. You and I, I see you and Melody and quite a few things, and you always look, uh, you know, that's, that's a good break for you, I would think. It's a nice break. From- yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's, you know... I um, I get to do all the fun stuff. You bring up Melody, and and uh, yeah, it's she has the hardest part of the job to do. Well, she's got to live with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm always positive guy, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm sure. No, I'm a Gemini, so she gets to see the uh, the ups and the downs. But uh, I try to keep it up, and uh, I want to be a positive influence on people around me. And uh, but you know. Uh, I can go to DEFCON 5 sometimes when somebody breaks into my truck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, there are other things. You go through a lot of challenges in your business. You have a lot of different tentacles, you know, that are going on. So it's not like everything goes right every day. So well, I always marvel. That's what I marvel about the r- r- restaurant owners and chefs. It's not easy. There's always challenges. Things go wrong. People don't show up. Uh, you know, things break down. 
Um, I just saw Chad with 50 licks. One of his freezers broke down for the weekend in the middle of the winter. I mean, in the middle of the summer when he's got a lot going on. That's crucial to a guy who's selling ice cream. You know, those things are tough. They, ha- they happen to you, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever it's warm out, uh, you've got to watch the freezers and coolers a little bit more and uh, try to prepare for something to go wrong because uh, if it can, it will when it's hot out. So uh, it's too bad about the ice cream. Uh, Chad. Yeah. Well, hopefully he worked it out, had some friends time, so. help him out. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing about this community. You put it out there and people come to help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of, uh, you know, Nikki and what, what uh, you know, I think is the most exciting thing to happen. Um, I think you've, you know, you've known I've been trying to move for the book in my office is 2010 Nikki move. And I started looking for more space uh, and we ended up getting more space at Nikki where we're at. And then I thought for sure we were going to have to move and uh, spent tens of thousands trying to make two other sites work. And in the end, uh, the building owner get, gave me the building for the next 15 years. Another will, will be managing another 10,000 square feet um, upstairs where we'll get part of that. Um, we're going to move our offices upstairs and uh, we are expanding downstairs with a big, huge uh, new cooler, big new freezer. We'll be able to streamline things and double our capacity at the same location. And I didn't think it could be done. Um, but uh, it's the right thing for us. You know, I, every neighborhood has its issues, but I, I just love the central East side industrial district. I've been going there for 25 years. Mm-hmm. It's flown by so fast. And now I've got 15 more years in the building, uh, with an opportunity to buy it starting next year. Oh, and, nice. uh, you know, it's something that, uh, my team and I have been, this has been a long, like a lot of my restaurant friends have these restaurants going to open in a year and it, takes longer than that and i can't understand why now i've i started this like last september and the whole process is now something that should have taken three months to get done is taking 10 months to get done and hopefully by the end of next week the first phase will be done oh good you know and then we'll have a refrigerator receiving dock come into the building for the first time uh by feast we we should be done with our remodel before feast we're hoping to have a little open house on the Friday before feast. Yeah, that's but, always like Portland Super Bowl. Everybody's got to gear everything around that. Well, this year is a, they're doing a little bit different, and so it kind of gives me this opportunity. Because usually we're working Friday at Pioneer Square. Right. We're going to be working uh, uh, the big. Oh boy, um, it's normally the Oregon Bounty, but it, they changed the name this year. It's it's at the waterfront. Yeah, and, the Grand Tasting. Yes. I think it's called. Okay. Yeah. Once in a while, my memory serves me. <laughs> but you know what I wanted to do for the uninitiated, because mm-hmm. not everybody knows what Nikki is, who Nikki, who you are. Uh, we have another podcast, I believe it was episode number 32, which we're going to suggest people go back and listen to. Maybe you could, they could put this on pause right now and go back to that, because that's your kind of the background mm-hmm. that talks about how you got to where you, you know, the early days of Nikki and growing and um, but why don't you talk a little bit about the elevator speech? If someone says, "Hey, what do you do? What do you?" What, well, we are you know butchers and purveyors of the, the finest meats in the Northwest. Um, we're always looking for something that somebody else doesn't have, and uh, you know we basically head to tail butchery in our butcher USDA butcher shop. We have a warehouse in Seattle. 
uh, with six employees up in Seattle. Uh, we run trucks to Seattle Tuesday morning through Saturday morning. Uh, Seattle is actually 36% of our business, and most people don't know that. How much uh, has that grown over the last 10 years? Um, well, I actually don't have any figures from before. I just know that one day my marketing director, Mark Hawcroft, said, hey, did you realize we do 36% of our business in Seattle? Mm. Or my GM, uh, Ben. And I'm like, that that's when we started tracking it to be honest with you mm -hmm. i all i know is that i started doing deliveries myself 20 in 1990 uh no in 2000 i think is when we started up in seattle mm -hmm. and um i was running the truck myself until i got somebody that wanted to move up there and then we got a little warehouse five years ago um now that this uh expansion in portland has been done and financed in the next few weeks it'll wrap up we're going to be uh, again to look for a bigger spot up in seattle also oh cool so uh, it's pretty exciting we've got a lot of great customers in seattle too yeah so. um and when you do wildback game you have some of them down oh yeah to cook mm -hmm. in that competition which i'll be missing again this year um uh but you also so you also uh carry some you know it's wild about game so you carry some game that generally is more difficult to get so you're the source for rabbit and you can go on I, from there you know chris it's it's crazy because i i don't know what the difference between the last time we talked and now but i would bet it's a dramatic difference um our game sales are steady but as the company has grown game sales have gone from 100 percent of my sales down to about 11 percent of our total sales are game now and our, you know, Rabbit's still a mainstay for us. Uh, but I think, you know, we were just launching when I talked to you before this exciting wild Hawaiian venison that we get from Maui Nui over on, uh, on Maui. Um, I helped them get a, a hook up with a company, build a trailer for them. And they actually have a trailer that um, they harvest at night. The animals are not stressed at all. Uh, they, it's the most, the USDA tells them it's the most humanely raised. Uh, you know, product that they've ever uh, inspected because um, there's no stress level on the animal. And uh, and it's really good for you, and it's an invasive species. So our numbers have skyrocketed with that product, mm -hmm. and uh, we're excited to continue to grow it. Uh, we've just taken on a lot more further processing for our, our friends on the islands. And, uh, you know, I see it continuing to be a mainstay of my company. But overall, you know, our beef, chicken, and pork um, – and lamb are are way bigger than people would think at Nikki. Mm -hmm. um, and we're also being more creative on on our price structure and stuff like that to, uh, you know, not always be thought of as the uh, most expensive guy in town. Because I don't think we are. And we have we battle that with our competition. But if somebody will sit down with us and talk to us, we're definitely not the most expensive. We are the highest quality and we give out the best service. So six days a week, which is very rare for a meat company in town. And what's the process you go through to find a new source, a new producer? Um, when that happens, what do you go through? Well, I would say sometimes we have farmers reach out to us with new stuff, mm -hmm. um, which are exciting. Sometimes I'll see it at the fancy food show in San Francisco. I see something that's new to the market that I think my friends and clients back home would be interested in. Um, the national restaurant show is another place that we look at. Um, and we're always keeping our ears and eyes open on, on social media and the internet for 
new products coming to market. I mean, we're we're evaluating some plant-based products right now too. Well, you know, for the first time. I ask you about that because that seems to be more a hotter topic as time goes on. Um, more and more people are choose either choose or need to uh, to go vegan, and uh, you just hear about more and more now. So I, I'm well, glad to f- hear you're you're focusing on it too. Oh, we look for needs. We look for needs and something that's not being supplied, and and that's I'd be a fool not to look into it. I've got some exciting things. I got some people around the country looking out. As long as, you have, as long as you got the customers, you just need to fill you feel the needs no matter <laughs> what it is. But I didn't know that game was down and I, to 11% um, of your business because usually what you're sampling are a little more of your unusual products, right? Because people have had chicken, pork, and beef, and that's great. But, you know, I... It sticks in my mind. It takes a lot for food to stick in my mind now because <laughs> there's been so much of it over time. But your water buffalo that you served at feast, you know, that was something that at the time was new to me. It was delicious. It was fantastic. But that's a more unusual product that probably is a little gets you some attention. But um, that's our gateway meat. Mm-hmm. You know, we can open up the door with some really unique game meats, but we we really. Get, the chicken, beef, and pork, and lamb pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't go that way, I couldn't have kept growing the company. So um, it was a really, really uh, good development when we changed and went after that part of the business. Um, and I, it won't go away, I can tell you that. I mean, we're definitely selling you know, lots and lots of pork now, lots of beef. Let's pause here for a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse, which is freshly, what do we call this, Chris? Freshly remodeled? I would, I would say you'd be safe in calling it a remodel. Yeah. And, and a little bit of a, a little bit, of, uh, let's call it enhanced, remodeled and enhanced. Love it. And by enhanced, I'm referring to the menu. So um, they have some new dishes on the menu uh that are pretty great i had their crispy octopus the other day yeah this is the crispy spanish octopus on the uh starters menu yeah exactly and it also happens to be on the bar menu and so one of the things if anybody is familiar with ringside happy hour which occurs after 9 30 p.m and on sundays from four to five um, yeah sundays from four to five um, Ringside's well known for having, at those hours, one of the best happy hours you can find on the planet. But they've they've always had a happy hour menu with some great bites, priced between like three fifty and six dollars. You can get a hamburger, you can get steak bites, which are everybody knows are fantastic. But they've now taken the bar menu, and during those hours, you can get half price on those that crispy Spanish octopus. You can get the enemy's steak tartare. Uh, jumbo shrimp cocktail, anything on the bar menu, half price during happy hour. So in addition to some new items on their menu, the entrees, check that out. We're not going to read them all out. You just need to go to ringside and check those out yourself. Yeah, and and, and, and part of the uh, enhancement that we were talking about, the sunken bar is now expanded. Right. So it used to be that just Jimmy could fit back there, and everybody knows Jimmy. But mm-hmm. now Jimmy and Andy whom I met at Fish House, and now is over at Ringside Steakhouse. So two 
two they they can fit two people back there. Your drinks come up faster, and it's twice as cordial as it was before. Very nice. Now, with all these enhancements and the remodel, there are some of those things that you love. They're still there. Monday is prime night, and they have their three-course supper specials. So the things you love still there, and then now more things for you to love. Right. And so Ringside, it's a classic in Portland for now 75 years. The Peterson family has owned it. So, um, you know, Portland's all about the next shiniest thing, but I would l- I like to believe that the restaurants that have stood the test of time are those that should be visited and on the top of everybody's restaurant bucket list. Ringside Steakhouse should be right there. That's right, and it's easy to set up reservations. You just go to their website, ringsidesteakhouse.com. Do you think that's a function of the markets? And let me just complete this thought. So years ago, Portland was this real creative, inexpensive food community and some really unusual things were being done. We all know 2019 is very different. We're seeing a lot of hotels going up. The game has changed for restaurants. They can't afford to be as creative and out there. So they have to play it a little more safe. You can stop me at any time and say, no, you're wrong about that. But I just think I have to play it a little more safe. I remember when we had Ethan Stoll from Seattle on this podcast, and he talked about how he was a little envious of Portland because he couldn't take the chances. He had some big investments in his restaurants. And on the other side, they have a big advantage in Seattle because of expense accounts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've, got, you've got Amazon and Microsoft <laughs> and all those folks that aren't looking at the check as much as they do in Portland. But Portland's changing a little bit, too. You've got more expense accounts going on here, and the game has changed. Do you think that has contributed to some of the more mainstay meats being more important to your business? It might. Um, I like to think that uh, we grew it because we gave great service and we found really, really great sources of meat. Um, You know, our Anderson Ranch lamb we've been with for almost, you know, over 20 years is still strong for us. Um, our Carlton pork, the other pork lines, the specialty porks that we're bringing in, uh, new Sakura pork line that we brought in for Andy Ricker uh, from the Midwest. And people, you've know, got a few people very excited about it. It's a Berkshire cross program. What's that? Just um, for instance. Berkshire is a breed like it would be like the Angus of pork. Okay. And a full blood Berkshire. Uh, it's originally from, or uh, it's the, also known as Kurabuda, the black pig from Japan. And it marbles a little better mm-hmm. and it tastes a little better. Um, and it definitely. What are they feeding it? Uh, a lot of corn in the diet mm-hmm. where we don't out here as much corn. Um, uh, and it just has a sweeter taste to it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I can tell the difference between a Berkshire cross and just a regular pork. It just, there's something about it. And the feedback I've gotten from people has been really, really good. And we're still going to sell a lot of our great local Carlton pork. It's just something that's a, a, a new specialty line we brought in mm-hmm. um, that's been exciting to uh, get it placed on some really good guys' menus. Mm-hmm. You know, Fury's using the ribs now. And anyway, just we're always trying to be creative. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, um, we're going to keep looking for things. We've got some new ideas. See, you know, Chris, I had to, the last year and a half, we, 
we couldn't add anything new uh, unless it was really, really selective because I just, the space mm-hmm. constrictions that we've had and my poor crew is just, we have meats out in Clackamas at a warehouse. We have meats with Sheridan Fruit Company. We, we share a warehouse with them, you know, 10 blocks from our warehouse. So we're constantly shuttling meat in this new expansion we're doing. My crew is just going to be so excited. The sales team is going to know more. We've, we're launching a, a it like, it's going to revolutionize my company when it comes to an inventory management program, which is, you know, something that my son, Garrick, who's, who's now working full time at the company. Oh, that's great. Um, he takes after his mom. He's very, very good at numbers. His mom in some ways and, and me in a lot of ways too, but they're really, really analytical. And, uh, I can't thank him enough for coming back and working for the family business. Cause I know he could have gone out there and got a job making a lot more than I'm paying him. But he said, "What's his degree? What did he get his degree in?" Uh, same as I did, he got his degree in ag business management uh, with an emphasis in finance, and from Cal so, Poly. So you know. he had. It sounds like he had coming back into the family business in mind when he chose where he was going to college and what he was going to major in. Well, I, it it changed. I mean, to my like immense pride for this. The one day I asked him, I said, you know. So now I'm excited that you're going to come back. He was like a freshman in college three, four years ago. And I said, you know, why would, honestly, I'm not going to be able to pay you what people are going to offer you right out of college down there. And it's the, the scale of pay cr- increase at Nikki is not as good as the scale of these, a lot of big, you know, companies in California that are really, really after Cal Poly grads. I mm-hmm. mean, um, and so he looked at me and said, dad, you know, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a doctor because I wanted to help people. And as I went through high school, the closer I got to college, I realized that I might be able to have a bigger impact coming to work for Nikki on, on people in a positive way because of all the things we do for, you know, a chef will call us up and need 50 bucks of this for a, a benefit dinner. And he, tur- and he or she turns that into a thousand dollars for community mm-hmm. because of their effort and their team's effort. Right. It's every day somebody's asking for, you know, we try, we can't say yes to everything. But when he told me that that was it, I got tears in my eyes. I was just like, well, if you're going to do it for that kind of a reason. Um, and then later we got, uh, you know, graduating. He said, dad, I'll give you three years because you paid for my college. I want to pay you back. Oh, You know, that's, 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 uh, that's emotional. Yeah. And uh, I'm very lucky and blessed to have him as my son. And he could have gone out and worked for one of those big companies and use that as further education so he could then come back here and use some of that knowledge too but and he may still do that he he can do whatever he wants i'll always support him Mm -hmm. um he's a godsend to mom and i with the help and my team just you know not too often does the owner's son come back from college and have such an impact where a lot of times people look, you know, in my day, we used to, when I was working, I was like, that guy hasn't earned his street credit at this company yet. But Garrick started as a, as a, you know, in the warehouse pulling orders when he was 15. Right. You know, he's 20, I'm 23 now. Hopefully I got that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 1996. Uh, but anyway, the, the, the impact he's having is just phenomenal because that's one of our Achilles heels. And he said, dad, I've listened to this for years. I'm going to set up, and it's taken a long time, but by the end of next week, every shelf will have a barcode, every space in my warehouse, both dry, cold, 
and frozen will have a spot and things are going to be tracked with 32 new cameras. So we know people are putting things back where they're supposed to and the system's working. And he's, he's like, dad, you need to be my, my biggest cheerleader on this and tell the team how important it is. Cause you're, I'm going to save you a hundred, $150,000 in the next year. Mm. And I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> then you're only going to need to work. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, if he, uh, <laughs> he's uh, no, I want him here. It's as long as he wants to stay. And, um, it's just been a dream. So, uh, that, I, that's a testament you know. to both of you because, uh, I know when I got out of college and my first job was with my father, it didn't take me long to say, I don't want, I, I gotta go. <laughs> so I think it's great that you, and you spend a lot of time together. You're a busy family, but from what I could see, um, you know, you spent a lot of time with your, you have spent a lot of time with your kids. You will continue to do that. Yeah. That's great. I can't think there's anything knowing you that makes you happier that he's back doing this. Uh, there's nothing that can make you happier. When I'll tell you, and I want to, and then I won't stop talking about it. But there's something that we do once a month now that Garrick said part of our inventory, you know, improvement program that he's come to me with was I couldn't see how we could do a dock sale at Nikki. Mm -hmm. You know, in my head I wanted to, but I couldn't see how to implement it right in the confinements that we have and he after being back for about five months he said dad we need we got money in the freezer we need to get rid of it and we need to turn it into cash for mom mm -hmm. and he started and we've had i think eight dock sales this year and every it's a saturday that we did we started on a friday fire sale then we went to saturday because we just there's no parking on friday right. and we needed and we wanted more people to be able to come that had said that they would like to come but they couldn't come Get off work right so the last one in an hour and a half we sold six thousand dollars off the dock and to have both of my sons running and talking him running the cat the little square you know on, on the computer my other son jared out there answering questions for people that were coming it was like a, basically a garage sale of mm -hmm. stuff that you could get some goat you could get some veal you can get i mean think about little tidbits that people normally don't see at the store and we're usually at cost or below when we do this, just because we know we want to turn it. Mm -hmm. And it's a way to to uh, help us lower our inventory, but also engage with our clients and, and potential new ones. I mean, one day we had somebody walking down the street. They had no idea. They came in and they're like, oh, we're going to come every time from now on. And we're just building up our social media following. And, and so, uh, you so know. are those business clients or just just people cooking at home? Mostly cooking at home, but right. you'd be surprised. There's like uh, Wayfinders, you know, one of the cooks in the kitchen is like, oh, I got to get off at lunch so I can come over and see what Nikki's got. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, there was something I gave him a great deal on because, they, you know, great customer. And, you know, I, I uh, you know, I have a little flexibility uh, during the dock sale if I see something that's, you know, one day we had, you know, we don't do business with Frank's Noodle House, but the owner of Frank's Noodle House came because he wanted some Wagyu on special. Mm-hmm. And he bought hundreds of dollars worth of it. And so uh, we hopefully will maybe pick up a new customer that way. Um, so we're going to, we got another one coming September 20th, right after feast weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be on Saturday, you know, from uh, I think it's noon to two and uh, come early. If you come to the dock sale, because you know, there's regulars that are waiting in line. You know, we have like on the other side of the streets, like there's usually 10 people waiting for, the dock sale to start, mm. you know, at least. And it's it's just a fun and a family environment 
we cook sausages, we cook some meat off for everybody. And lately we've had Wayfinder Brewing supply some beer, Gilgamesh supply beer. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about doing a joint one with the Portland Wine Storage so they can sample their wines and maybe sell oh, some sure, of their wine off the dock. And you could, you <laughs> could have your own market over there at yeah. some point. Once a month. So where is the address and then uh, Nikki website so people uh, can find it? So anything about Nikki uh, is under... You know, Nikki, you spelled N-I-C-K-Y, USA dot com. And we have a page of all of our uh, stuff on there. Um, we have a uh, event page. We have Wild About Game page with all kinds of stuff. Um, we, you know, we basically um, will be announcing stuff there. We also, you can sign up for a newsletter um, through the website. And then you'll get updates on, from my marketing department, uh, once a once. Uh, a month or every other week uh, just depends on what's happening that month. Am I wrong? But I would imagine that most restaurant owners already, you know, they're e- they've either been called on by Nikki, they know their way to you. Like, there's not much room for you to. I don't know what what room is you for is there for you to grow in Portland? Well, you know, you're pretty well known. W- we are, but but there's always people that come to town that we. You know, try to keep our ears out for new people coming to town, opening stuff. Uh, my sales team works really hard to, and myself to keep us posted. And yeah, but anybody that comes to town and generally becomes part of the community pretty soon, and they're asking about resources, and they're going to get to you. I would imagine. I, I don't mean to, that you should take anything for granted, but I'm just guessing. If anybody's been in Portland for a while, they know about Nikki. Yeah, well, one would hope, one would yeah. hope, but I, I have to admit, there's still people that, you know, we may have uh, not been able to get into a few years back, and and then all of a sudden something will happen, and I show them a good product last week, and next thing I know, you know, um, we're doing business with that client again, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's most of the time if we're not doing business with somebody, it might just be that they they have a friend that works for our competition, um, and. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, you got. We just try to earn the business that we can. We're not the hammer trying to hustle people. We, mm. we really just want to give good service. That doesn't work and quality. in Portland. That might work on the East Coast. That doesn't work out here. I don't think a few people it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, that depends on where they, where they came from. <laughs> so, um, who, where have you been lately that you've really enjoyed? So you eat out a lot. Right? How often do you eat out, and how often do you eat at home? I, I would bet we eat out two or three times a week. Okay, that's a good amount. I mean, you that's know, not, um, not every night, but it's a good amount, so you get a chance to get around and sample. It's it's a hard place because you got to have a list of many places that you'd like to go that you haven't gotten to. You know it. Yeah. Um, that's that's. I mean, you'd think that I. I mean, we just we have a lot of great clients. I'm still trying to get to some new ones that I haven't been able to get into and yet. Prospective clients. Yeah, too. you would like oh, yeah. to go eat their food. And- I I last week I will say that there is two that I went to that I I I'm really excited. I mean, first of all, you know, being doing wild about game all these years, it's been like pulling teeth. To, it's so easy to because the industry was. And I hope people take this the way I, I mean to say it is that there's a lot of male dominance in the industry since I first started. But but women won the first two Wild About Game competitions, and then it's very hard to get women in the competition. And this year, 
I have a gal that I just I love, and I think she she hasn't really um, gotten as much press as she will someday. Um, but Diane Lamb at uh, Revelry, I had a Cambodian dinner there, and her boss Rachel Yang came down from Seattle, and this Cambodian dinner. I, I my wife's not as adventurous as I am, so we don't usually go unless we know what the what is what what the description is on the menu. It's kind mm-hmm. of I, I just go with my friends if I'm going to go do that. And my warehouse manager, Bruce Zen's one year anniversary. And he's like, Hey, there's this dinner tonight and there's two extra seats left. Is there any way you want to go? And I'm like, okay, but it was, it was 10 different, you know, dishes, five courses of 10 dishes of Cambodian food that blew me away. I oh, didn't even know. Oh I mean, my I had God. An idea what it might be like, but no, I mean, revelry. And I didn't even know this, but like Tuesday they have, Four of her her incredible chicken. She gets the chicken from us, of course, and and a beer for five bucks. It's the best happy hour in the neighborhood. I mean, there's some wow. good stuff that's not out. And then I went to a cool little restaurant that I've been driving by since they opened, and I just finally got into Normandy. Normandy's a great a great there. little place. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I still want to get into Botanist. I haven't been in there yet. And then Magna had just opened this weekend. Yeah, and that's gonna, I think that's going to be. My guess, packed for a while. I hope it is for his, for Carlos' sake. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, want to get in there too. Yeah, no, I'm. I you know, Carlo is a past wild about game winner, and he's just a great friend to the company. And we've <laughs> felt his pain during these months and months of delays and stuff. But yeah, you uh, talk about delays a while ago. I know, I know. That was a couple, of, almost a couple of years. Yeah, took him to an get, extra year. That that together. We thought Wayfinder was the longest birth of a restaurant. Well, that was almost two years. Then Dougie at Bullard, right. who I love well, Bullard, that was a long time. Uh, took two, you know took <laughs> took a long time, and, and then Magna just you know beat them both. I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know we're we're I mean luckily uh, while they were waiting to open, we were we hired uh, Roberto, one of one of uh, Carlo's uh, staff, and uh, he's been working with us, and he's going to stay part time while they're getting. The restaurant open, but sometimes uh, we benefit from somebody else's delays. But uh, I'm really excited for him. Yeah, no, that's uh, there is no nicer guy. I don't think. I mean, I can name some of the the folks I know in the food world: Aaron Barnett, who mm-hmm. are just hands down really nice people. Oh, Scotch Lodge, man, that's that's another really good new restaurant in town. Um, we're we got in. Uh, little while back and he's just doing great food in there yeah well we just uh, that podcast is coming out soon oh. with chef our so cool um and we are planning some fun things with scotch lodge too at least portland food adventures mm-hmm. the podcast a fun thing is a podcast mm-hmm. so uh, we'll do that but that that's cool that whole building is pretty awesome you know with with scotch lodge and Arizo over there bar casavale is fantastic that mm-hmm. is a that's a cool spot. I think that's yeah. a hot spot. That whole area uh, with Hey Love and Canard, uh, you can go down there and just spin yourself and Who go have, have a good meal. Because <laughs> I've been around, you know, like I said, we moved into the neighborhood in 94, and uh, we've just been fortunate, um, you know, um, to have so much good food move into the area that's close by. I mean, I don't know if you've been over to Wayfinder, but that place moves so much food and beer through there the best 
I was only there when Aaron uh, Franklin okay. was here last year. That's right. I think yeah. I saw you there. Yeah. Well, anyway. Was that so, last year or the year before? Uh, last year. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice spot. There's a, a lot going down in your neck of the woods over there. So let's talk about Wildback Game for the people who have never been or even those who have been. Um, but uh, And this also may be why people may think that more than 11% of your sales is game <laughs> because that's what you're featuring at this big event. It's been how many years now have you had Wild Bat Game? This will be our 19th year. 19 years. There wasn't even food in Portland 19 years ago. No, that's not true. <laughs> but uh, that's a long time. So that's, um, that's double feast. Not that it's a competition, but just about double how long Feast has been here. And you moved it from September to October to kind of stay away from Feast, which that, <laughs> you know, that, was the, that was my death knell with coming to your events. And I really, every year, enjoyed that so much up at, um, you know, some you've cha- moved the venue a few times. Timberline and, and uh, the resort at the Mound, which is now Oregon Resort, I think. Oh, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. But just going up there for the day on a nice September, October, October day and being around that many people who are all into food, everybody's excited about it. And then the drive up there, see, I'm big about the experience, the whole Oregon thing. So it's one of the reasons I love Erica's plate and pitchfork dinners. I just love the process of getting there and opening the windows and being in farm country and then being outside and then coming back. Same thing with wild about game. Um, just a fantastic, you have to get out. You have to try a little hard. It's not another event in Portland. It's an hour away. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, we've done it in Portland. We've done it on Mount Hood. You know, I, I, I started it in um, 1990 and uh, with Janie Hibbler who wrote Wild About Game Cookbook. She got a James Beard Award for it. Okay. I didn't know that. She shopped her way through my list. I want to give you some fun, quick history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did it. Because back then, nobody knew how to, whenever I'd sample out venison, people would go, oh, no, my, my grandpa shot that. I don't eat venison. It doesn't taste good. I don't like it. And I'm like, no, this is farm. This is not stressed out, shot in the wild where an animal's running till it drops. Mm-hmm. This is a farmed, humanely processed uh, type of, uh, you know, game. Same way you're. Nobody would believe me. So I, I said, I want to teach people how to cook this. And I asked Kathy Wims from Genoa. It would, at the time, which is the premier restaurant in town, I said, uh, would you be interested in being in my competition and help me teach people, you know, how to cook game and how you can experience versatility of game. And, and that's how it started. And uh, we, you know, fast forward seven years. You know, after five years, we brought it to Portland for two years. And it was like putting my gun, a gun to my head, throwing an event, having less fun even though we had some great people come, mm-hmm. it just was not an enjoyable experience because the whole point for me to do Wild About Game on Mount Hood is to get people out of their environment, mm-hmm. to get people to socialize with other people that are in the same stresses, the same challenges of employees, the same you know things that they could share and talk around a, a beverage, you know. And you know, at that time, you know, it was um, it was my way to get our community together, and slowly we built it up to the format that it has now. We went after we were in Portland and said, oh, no, that after the second year, I'm like, no, I'm not getting out of this event what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And because chefs would come and they'd go home. 
and they 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 do their oh, stuff. So it's a, but it's a social thing, really, after the competition, yeah. and the and it, the trade show. In my mind, that's what I was doing. You know, to get us together to to share what's great and and have people learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And so we went back. We we messed with the format and took it to Timberline Lodge, which was a great couple years. Kind of let the resort get their act together because they didn't really do as good a job for us, I thought. Um, and since we've been back, they've been through a few owners, but they're treating it. We, we have a great format out on the golf course where we have now the format is four chefs from Seattle and competing against four chefs from Portland. That In the original days, nobody got to taste the dishes. They just got to see it on a plate. Mm-hmm. Now you get to taste each chef's dish. You get to vote on the people's choice. We also have a cocktail competition by uh, Beam uh, Suntory, uh, sponsored by Beam Suntory, uh, that we have four mixologists come and have a cocktail competition. Um, while this is all going on, we've got about 40-some different artisans from around the world and, you know, with an emphasis here on the Northwest, uh, you know, Salt and Straw has been coming since, you know, they had the cart, uh, Eli from Olympia. Provisions has been there for, you know, his team has been there every year and it goes on and on with, and we're always trying to look for a gem of something unique. My, my marketing director, Mark Cockroft is, that's his, one of his marching orders is throughout the year is just looking, looking for the gem that we can help showcase so they can, you know, um, have a success, you know, any way we can help people. And now that I know that, I'm going to throw ideas some year. Yeah. I always find those, you know, those little spots. I remember when I met, I met Damien, Mm -hmm. which was a, uh, you know, he's no longer in the honey business, but that was cool. I met him up there when that was, Mm -hmm. you know, when Be Local before he was part of Jacobson. That was cool. Yeah, no, all kinds of, of great people are up there. Last year we had a. Who was the big introduction last year? Do you remember? See, and I'm going to butcher it. Victoria, I'm totally, Aurora Elixirs, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. is the right name. Uh, and she has an excellent product that she gave us to put in all the judges and, and guests, media guest bags that we put together. And she sampled her uh, 20 per, uh, milligram CBD. Uh, oh. Uh, really, really good drinks. And they, you know, I, I'm a person that, you know, uh, completely believe CBD will help you with the right levels. And I hate taking pills mm-hmm. and I'm 100% behind CBD. Mm-hmm. Um, my son, Jared, the segue into that, he, he if everything goes right. He's going to be bringing some of his baked CBD goods of his little company that he and his best buddy from college are, are working on now. Oh, cool. It's like a chip off the old block. You know, Very like nice. Dad so tried to find a have, niche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. well, you did. That's just so you can get free product too. Uh, yeah, that, that I'm not going to get too much in the beginning out of their budget, but I, I'm just. It's fun watching them. It's enthusiasm for helping people in a wellness product, mm-hmm. and so we'll have a couple CBD, um, you know, booths at the event this year. I think there'll be more and more every year. I mean, it's that it's, everywhere you turn, and and then the interesting thing about CBD and legalization it's just here and everybody so you know if you, if anybody's listening to this podcast from outside of oregon or washington you just don't have an idea but everybody's come out of the closet <laughs> with, <laughs> with, yeah i take that i do that um i was just experienced some a friend yesterday 
I didn't know if she smoked. Oh, yeah, I smoke every day, and now I'm looking for some CBD for my sciatica. It's, it's incredible what that industry is, what's in front of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, you know, as I said, I just hate taking pills. And uh, when it's... But do you? Uh, if you need to? I'll take ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. And for... But I... I um, But if I can get the pain to go away in a joint with... You know, like elbow joint. I mean, <laughs> um, it. Uh, I I would rather do it that way, and I know that it's it's a good product for our planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, be raising a different crop. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited that Oregon State University is like a leading edge of hemp production in the country. Not mm-hmm. that I want to take this interview that far, but you know, I love Oregon State and everything yeah. orange and black. My son's we going to school do a down podcast there. Just so. on Oregon State. <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't be able to keep up with you. Maybe Michael Conforto. That's about it. <laughs> you got to like my Mike, Michael Conforto, huh? Yeah, he <laughs> banged one out yesterday and the day before. Anyway. Go Mets. So let's talk about uh, a little bit more about, so what can you preview your exciting new introduction this year that's going to be there? I, I, my marketing director was off the last couple of days and he, I was, I, I can't. I can't tell you what the most exciting thing is going to be this year, to be honest with you. Okay. I just know we're going to have a lot of great Oh, that's chefs. fine. And it's, it's gonna, a month of, it's uh, know, almost two months away too. So we'll be, so who are the chefs this year? Well, we've got... Um, and you may not remember them all right off the bat because it would be eight. Yeah, I'm going to have to... Um, Portland, uh, we'll go with to start. Um, we've got um, AJ uh, from The Porter mm-hmm. here in town, big customer of ours. Uh, great chef. By the way, that's a cool hotel. Yeah, man. Last year he did a foie gras dish for us. It was mm-hmm. like foie gras baklava, mm-hmm. I think is what he did. And it was it was it impressed us so much we we asked him if he'd come back and compete. Uh then we've got BJ from Dolores mm-hmm. uh coming up. Then we've got Maddie from Imperial, uh the Paley's group. Mm-hmm. And we've got Diane uh, Lamb from Revelry. Oh, nice. That's a good group. You know, do you always have the the winner back from the previous year so they can defend their title? No, we we started a tradition, though, with Carlo three, almost four years ago, where the winner comes back and does a dinner on Saturday night for the judges. Oh, okay. You know, we we have some incredible judges coming. And well, the, dinner, the winner should be the judge, a, a judge the next year. We haven't thought about that. Is there's only so many seats at the table, and yeah, but uh, I think that's a valid. Uh, it's hard to get them for one evening, let alone uh, right. two. Okay. Yeah. okay, I we luckily, you know, we and I like to say that something that um, the second year was Eduardo Jordan who had won. I just went to his restaurant this weekend for the first time. Which one did you go to? June Baby, and we went for brunch. Oh my God! It was fan. It was unbelievable. It's so relaxing environment, you know. You, it's the people are really nice. The, <laughs> His anyway, staff is it great. Was, it was a treat because I had basically a day or two in Seattle, and it's hard to pick. It's like coming to Portland. Which one are you going to go to? And uh, and we got right in. It was nice and sat down. It was uh, some of the best best dessert I I can ima- I can remember. Did you have any shrimp and grits on his menu? He had the shrimp and grits, but we didn't get it, and I kind of regretted that. But there was only so many things we could <laughs> we could get. Um, 
But I'm trying to, you know, we had the couple of sandwiches, catfish sandwich and something else. Anyway, mm-hmm. no one cares about what I had. But the it was fantastic. And we could not figure out, and I'm taking pictures of Eduardo and the guy who was in the kitchen. They sort of looked the same, but not exactly. So my girlfriend and I could not figure out whether it was him. And I didn't ask. I didn't want to bother him. And I didn't want to, I should have asked somebody, but also I didn't, you know, there were reasons I didn't want to ask. But at any rate, the food was spectacular so is he coming back well uh he or one of his staff are coming down i haven't confirmed with him who's maybe coming. this will be the guy you know he <laughs> he uh i know that uh he's a huge customer of ours and so he's on our vip list to you know uh spend the night with us or one of his staff will come down mm-hmm. um and you know what i was getting to is that does I've, he get his pork from you for the pork rinds oh, that yeah. he has? oh, oh yeah. those were fantastic yep Okay. Yep. No, there's, he's really good to us and, but he's, you know, we, we have a, he has expectations and we have to meet him and, uh, we strive ourselves to do that or we'd be extremely disappointed. All over, all your customers have pretty high standards. You're not, Mm -hmm. everybody Mm -hmm. cares, right? So you don't have to, I don't think you have to make an exception for June baby. And his other, Solare, is the other Solare, and he's got another new one. and Right I'm, next door. Totally. He's got three right next right, to each yeah, other, right. which is very rare, but it, they, it's doable on that street. And uh, obviously, he's kicking, he's really kicking butt. And I was what I was going to say is that I've been really proud of the fact that uh, we've had numerous people come and compete at Wild About Game and then go on to win James Beard Awards. And he was the first guy I know that won two in one year. And it was the year Did after. Did he win two and one? Yeah. So he won Best Chef Northwest, and was it Rising Star? Yes. Mm-hmm. In one year. I never, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know that would happen. Yeah, it, uh, it uh, I'm, I'm 99% sure those are the two that he got. But he, um, you know, just a fantastic guy. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate, um, you know. So then uh, the next year after that, uh, Sarah uh, Schaefer from Irving Street, mm-hmm. who just killed it with a guinea hen dish. She came back and did last year's dinner for the judges, and it was just phenomenal. Um, and then uh, this year we've got uh, Peter Cho coming back, which I was I was sweating it there for a little bit because he's very, very, very busy guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got on a schedule, and uh, so uh, he's going to— You just need to have them sign a contract that if they win, they're committing to the next year. Right, that so, would be a revelation. Yeah, but <laughs> we should. How many people aren't going to sign? Oh yeah, okay, I can do it the next year. They're going to sign that if they win. All we want's the dinner the night before, exactly. and then come to the event and have fun the next day. Yeah. So, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So Peter won last year. Then obviously, yep, using some Peter partridge. Peter Han Oak. Yep. Not that everybody knows. Oh, automatically yeah. knows who he, Peter is. My son had raised some partridge at the farm, and that's what he used to win uh, the competition. Oh, fantastic. So, you know, so during the competition, it's basically every half an hour, a new dish comes out that you get to try. And then when you're not trying dishes, you're walking around and meeting the creator of something really cool, um, whether it's the mushroom supplier or, you know, just all kinds of neat stuff. And there's a little bit of, uh, there are a few beverages being poured. There are. We're trying to have more. It's been a, I have to admit, Chris, I'm really... We tried to put more emphasis into some non-alcoholic options for people. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that knows me for the last 19 years, I mean, we definitely have our alcohol options, but we want to give more people and friends of ours that have decided, um, 
you know, to uh, refrain in the future options. So there's a chance next year we're going to have a non-alcoholic drink competition also. Oh, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's so far away. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people coming and going. I'm fine at those events just drinking San Pellegrinos. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't need... And I have a really hard time at those types of things with a drink and food. I get really <laughs> frustrated. So, And I'm not a big drinker, so I don't... It's not painful for me to say, oh, I'll just have that later. But... Um, Mm-hmm. But you do a really good job on bo- on all those ends of the equation, and there's a lot to sample, too, when the dishes aren't coming out. But most of all, like everything else in Portland, not most of all, but a large part of the fun and the attraction is the social aspect of the event. You get to see a lot of people. You run into people. You meet new people. You can talk to the suppliers. They have time, and they're in the mode to want to talk to. Mm-hmm. So you'll find out where to find their product locally and a little bit more about it. It's kind of fun to eat product and hear the backstories. Hey, Court, let's do a podcast where we have the backstories of people producing food. What do you think about Sounds that? Sounds pretty original. Yeah, <laughs> we should do that. Well, uh, not only the food and everything, but, you know, having it on the, tea, the first tee, you know, half of the event is right there where you're teeing off up a gorge that's so beautiful and you know some mornings we'll wake up and there's a frost line on the mountains from how cold you know, where that maybe a few hundred feet above us is the freezing level but mm-hmm. during the day it's been 65 to 70 uh knock on wood because the last three years it looked like it was going to be horrible and it turned out to be it's tough you know god just said we're gonna have a good day at the resort at the mountain <laughs> so what's the contingency if it's not a good day uh, you're always going to have a good day. It's just you may not be <laughs> smiling at the sun. Yeah, you know, could well, be a little, used to little that wet. Here. We're used to that here. We spend a lot of money on tents, uh, mm-hmm. whether we need them or not, just so we don't have a disaster the day of. So you're you're purchasing tents, and you may not put them up. There, no, it's we, a little hard the last day to the say the tent hey, goes we, up, no matter whether it's going to oh, be. The tents are there, no matter what, because you want it for the sun. Right. If it gets too hot, or you want it for the rain, if it gets a little wet. Okay, I haven't been there with the tents. The last time I was there was at the was at the timber was at Timberline. Now we put See. a big tent over, right, right next to where the tee off is, and probably twenty stations in there and out around, um, of different sampling and stuff. And everybody that's outside has a tent over them. Well, that's so, great. Uh, and what's the date again? October October sixth. It's always on a Sunday because that's when chefs. Uh, typically have the day off mm-hmm. if they consider that a day off. Um, we try to get them up there and, and we have a, you know, our biggest industry party of the year. I think the only feast has anything bigger. Um, you know what? I have to tell you something. Can I say there's, there's like, here's some backstory to that I think is really cool. And you're, you know, people that listen to this might like. So feast one year, you know, I, I met Mike Thielen, who's one of the founders of feast and his, and his partner, Carrie, Mike Thielen was at WAG with me. And he said, Jeff, I'm thinking about thinking about throwing an event in Portland because um, we were in, we were in a little just, party. Yeah, we <laughs> just been, come back from Austin Food and Wine Festival mm-hmm. working it. He talked me into going down there earlier that year. And he says, if I if I want to have a festival, would you help me with my meat and the protein procurement? And I said, Mike, I have so much trouble getting enough sponsors for my own event. But if you get sponsors for your event and you need a meat guy, I'm your guy. Mm-hmm. I will be there for you. And it turned out that Mike and and uh, his key people were all at Wild About Game that year, and it was they they ended up 
throwing feast the very next year. Mm-hmm. So that like the foundation, I hope, uh, in Mike's head and Carrie's head and Emily, who was our event coordinator that year, who mm-hmm. ended up being feast event coordinator mm-hmm. after that year. Interesting but, how that happened. She helped us out and set us up, and she was destined for a bigger event, but we're all pals still because, you know, we're the meat concierge for Feast, and, you know, we want to be there where the best events are. And uh, But to know that the, you know, the little seed for Feast planted. was, you know, grown or sprouted maybe at Wild About Game, I kind of like that idea. So do you, is it, so they would have sprouted it and then put it all together in a year? I guess they would have because they did... The same thing with Hot Luck. Mm-hmm. And remember, that was a that was didn't take long to put together. No, they're I love working with them. They do a fantastic job. We're we're fortunate to be uh, have have created a need for this role that we've got of their meat concierge because all these chefs are are very incredible chefs that they bring in, and you know we're both both events are on the same level of quality of of people involved. But theirs is just more of a, a national and uh, and, a, and a much bigger. Ours was always meant to be mostly industry with right. a few hundred people that buy tickets. So, uh, and so is it is it still that mostly industry? And I would uh, say out of six hundred and fifty people that show up, uh, uh, three hundred, yeah, half half are industry. It seems to me like there's more there, but that's cool. I don't want it to get any bigger than what well. It's gone, grown a little bit well, since you came, but we've 650 to 700 is the maximum. Well, we you also do. have a lot of people working the show too, on top of it. So there's a good hundred how much people. Of your, <laughs> how much? How much of your energy and focus is geared at this time of year? When does it start for both Feast and Wildback Game? Those are big things for you, or are you so used to it now? You you just kind of you know exactly what to do, and it doesn't require as much time. I would say I hired good people and that they share the load more than I do. Um, you know, Bree Rostin and Mark Cockroft are my two people that have been with me for years and they are excellent at what they do and they shed, you know, they, I'm involved from the beginning, but there's a lot more meetings that they have week. They have weekly meetings about these two events. Uh, that Starting start, when? Uh, at least 90 days out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, our planning is like, they've already harassed me into getting next year because it's going to be our 20th. We're going to go all out and do something like we've never done before for our 20th. So they insisted I give up a Saturday, you know, give up. I usually wait till the Beavers football schedule comes out before mm-hmm. I uh, <laughs> tell the resort what, what Sunday we want. And they said, that's not going to work this time. If we want to get some of the winners to come back, uh, mm-hmm. I want to honor some people. So, uh, we've already picked next year's date. And What's that? It is Sunday, and I'm pretty sure it's October 4th. But I um, so it's the first. You th- it's it's the first, first Sunday. Sunday in October is the All best right. way to say it. I've got because I, I can do some of my planning around that too. We're going to be three weeks after feast, no matter what. We tried to do wag two weeks after feast, and chefs were still so wiped out from you know they put in. Two more dozen hours the week of feast, at mm-hmm. least, uh, on their normal 50, 60, 70 hour jobs. Right. And so you can't say, hey, there's another event. <laughs> As there's coming up for air, they can't be thinking about the kitchen at WAG. So right. we, uh, you know, my people said, Jeff, we need, you know, boss, we need another another week of, of in my staff and where, you know, my, my company deserved 
another week of recovery before mm-hmm. we dive in. And it's all hands on deck. I've got warehousemen. I've got processing plant employees that, vol- you know, that come up to help out throw this thing every year. And, uh, you know, we, um, we just need a little more break. So it'll always be three weeks after feast and as early as we can have it because the later chances of rain, you know, we've been very fortunate the last maybe half dozen September's have just been beautiful and important. September is a good time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so over the years, uh, are there any chefs that you didn't know so well that just blew you away at wild about game that, uh, at the dish they produced? Um, some of the more memorable dishes. I mean, there are some chefs I know that you would expect something fantastic. Are there some, I, I, that's a tough question because you probably wouldn't invite somebody that you weren't pretty sure of. That's correct. I would not invite, I, I, I really try to find high quality. I really want to showcase. I want, you don't have to look far you know, though. I mean, I know. you got four chefs from Portland. You could have any combination of four and do pretty well. I, and you have to have the right person, you know, right. Ment- you know, sometimes um, we've had people before that, and I'm not going to mention him, but uh, that oh, were, please do. No, no, that kidding. were too, too wound up that it was like, it, it couldn't be fun. And I, I won't, I'm not looking for, you know, guy to come or gal and bang their head on the wall going, why am I doing this today? Right. You know, I want everybody that, that, you know, we, we try to pick people that would enjoy it. We try to pick people that have come before and seen the format so they know what they're getting into if they commit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we always want to, you know, looking for gems that are growing their career that that we think would like the platform of showcasing themselves. Um, and you got a lot of chefs in Portland that would like to showcase some of the people they've mentored. Yeah, that are now, they'd like to put them in the spotlight instead of themselves. Vitaly is one of those. He doesn't mind the spotlight himself, but he likes to shine it on his folks. He's got a lot of great people working for him. Well, between Vitaly and John Gorham, yeah, John, you know, John's our, a big one. You know, uh, Philippe Below. You know, the, some of my favorite guys that helped me over the years. There, I mean, I can't count them right now, but I'll bet it's over a dozen of people that those guys have mentored that have been in the competition. Oh yeah. And they all do really good work. Um, I'd be fun to have one year where you have Philippe, Vitaly, Corey Schreiber, those guys up there, the old, the old guard who've been around for a while and they compete against each other. That'd be fun. I don't know if I can get them to compete against each other, but I am working on something that might allow us to get them to uh, be a part of it next year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a big, big thing that we're we're trying to come up with something. Oh, 20, 20 year anniversary. I mean, twenty years is a heck of a. We started That's a long time with 50 to be doing people. anything. How many people do you have now? Uh, well, I meant fifty people at the event was in the oh, first okay. year. Now you have six. and now six fifty to seven. How about your business? How many people did you have when you? Uh, how many people do you have now? How many people are you employing? Well, we have anywhere from fifty to sixty. Okay. Um, sadly, I wish we were 49 for some of the reasons, <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, we, uh, no, we, we always have between 52 and 60 and, you know, we're trying to get a little leaner with, with, uh, uh, you know, challenges in finding the right labor lately. Um, not lately, the last two, three years. Um, but we are streamlining some things with this remodel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we're going to be more expanding in Seattle here sh- shortly. So uh, I've got another new guy starting in sales and delivery in Seattle on, uh, was a client of ours that's getting coming out of the kitchen and uh, he's going to be uh, helping promote Nikki up in Seattle. Um, but uh, you know, that's, that's really, uh, you know, where we're at right now. Cool. We went long. I didn't even look at my watch the whole time. Yeah. We're, yeah. We went pretty long, longer than we've gone in a long time. I was um, just about to give you the. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking, I just looked at you. Did I miss that or something? So no, it's, just, it's been flying by. Yeah. It flew by. It's easy to talk to Jeff. So I was going to ask you if you had a genie bottle. And could do anything with legislation or anything to make your business better. What what would you, what were the two or three things that you would want to have happen? Uh, well, I guess the big one in the room may not be so much direct relation to my business, but as I said before, uh, I really believe that the you know if the Wapiti Jail that never got opened that had you know, tens of millions of dollars spent on it could be turned into a place for homeless to get off the street. We have to have a place for them to go. We have to clean up our city. We worked too hard for this over the last 20 some years to make people love Portland, to let this happen. And, you know, certain media decides to trash our city lately on, on what's going on here. And that's, they're not showing all the great stuff. I still know a lot of people that come to Portland still love Portland it's a great city. So my one thing, first thing would be get people off the streets and, and it's not just saying give them free lunch. Okay. It has to be a work program to get them back to work. I mean, my, my, I've got my people going to prison on Friday, Thursday or Friday, my marketing director, my processing plant, we're setting up a program uh, with the state penitentiary that is going to allow people to learn, uh, meet skills. Uh, potentially have a job training program uh, that would allow them to come work for us for a while and maybe obtain a permanent job, that kind of that's cool, you know, kind of thing. So that's anyway, a, I'm that's dragging one of on. things similar. <laughs> no, you're not dragging at all. That's uh, Stone Soup. Mm-hmm. Stone Soup is doing the same type of thing, and the more people that do that, I think, you know, that's businesses. Maybe, maybe the the folks in the mayor's office will get a clue and. Uh, and I don't, I, I'm not involved politically, but I, it seems to me that not a lot is getting done. So. We have to do something, and we, you know, but none of us can do it on our own. Right. There has to be somebody that wants to do it. I think they did a great job this last weekend, you know, when we thought the whole city was being, oh, don't come downtown, don't come downtown, because there's a protest. And it was the most... Well, the, <laughs> the media does a lot to scare people um, about that. Same thing with the eclipse. You remember when everything was going to stop with the eclipse? You weren't going to be able to get anywhere? That wasn't the case. So when other attention is drawn to anything that it's going to be a nightmare, it generally scares people away, so it doesn't become that. Um, but that isn't the case with Wild About Game. Everybody should go. And the tickets are still available at... TheMerkTickets.com or, or go to my website. Go to the Wild About Game. There'll be a link on there. And if you don't... Uh, if they... we. We're really close to selling out our first allotment. Mm-hmm. We will be releasing some tickets with different media opportunities that I have in the buildup. So um, there are ways to get tickets once it's announced that they're sold out. Okay. Um, I will tell you, we've sold <laughs> 300 tickets right now, I think. And we 
Uh, won't be selling that many more, you know, but uh, we will have some opportunities and uh, come up and join us. It's, it's a great time. Uh, you know, absolutely wonderful time outside and no pressure situation where you can just relax and hang with other foodies. I remember um, three or four years ago, last time I was able to go, um, I took the long route home and went through Hood River and then up 84, and it just made it a beautiful, delightful Oregon fall day. Mm-hmm. So I suggest mm-hmm. that. I'm going to try my best to schedule my stuff around <laughs> uh, around Wild About Game in the future so that also... I have a trip that you and Melody can come on and get get out of get out of the country. That would be so, good. We're going to try to make that happen. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming. Appreciate it, Jeff. And good luck with this year and uh, with everything. And we'll sure I'll see you somewhere soon. All right, Chris. We need Thanks to for just having go me out on. and grab a bite sometime. Definitely, definitely. Let's do it. All right. Okay. I look forward to it. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. <laughs>